Hello, everybody. This is another episode of Out of Character. And with me, thank goodness, because it's all about him tonight, is Cotton. Indeed. What, what, a, what a wonderful night. It's going to be about me twice. <laughs> I get to have the same episode. Of all the files to be corrupted, it's the one where I get to do all the talking. Yeah. It's great. Yeah. yeah I, just okay. to, I just have to remember shit. Hopefully this is as good as the first time. Bah, it'll be fine. Bah, bah. It'll be fine. Yeah, bah, content. No, I, hey, I had to remind you after we recorded last night. Hey, you know, you got, we're going to do, oh, yeah, I don't remember what, what was happening. You know, I was like, yeah. Well, oh, oh, I was still saying, this, you, and he's like, oh, yeah, I remember. You didn't have to remind me to show up. You just had to remind me about what the fuck I was talking about. Yes, I had to remind you about what you were talking Like, why are we talking about this? We could just That's go back lame. to the, we could have just done a filler show where, like, me, and Griff get uh, <laughs> fucking obliterated and talk about the South like that. <laughs> oh my god! The lost, the lost episode, right? That's what we should call it. We should retroactively the call lost, it the lost episode. <laughs> yeah, lost with a W. goddammit. <laughs> lost. All right. So your group played a couple weeks ago. Yes, they play the game, and so this and... is uh, the penultimate run before the final mission. I love penultimate. It's, it's okay. a, such a classy way of saying second to last. This was the run before the big deal, right? We're doing Tomb of Annihilation, and it's a little confusing. So there's, there's a module called Tomb of Annihilation, okay? It is an, an entire module. Yeah. The, the final chapter is the Tomb of the Nine Gods, which yeah. is kind of the same thing. It's uh, they kind of it's, it's sort of like two names for the same place, and then they use one name to mean the entire module. And then one name for the actual final chapter, the final big dungeon, the big dungeon crawl, right? And this right, is the session before that. Go ahead, sorry. Okay, the session before. Okay, all right. But I think everybody was wondering because you had all you had teased us all that this next session was going to be where the one where they would see the monster, the dinosaur. They, I have never promised dinosaur and because a certain co-host of mine who shall remain nameless has mm -hmm. railed against yeah. railroading i did yeah. not make them fight the goddamn dinosaur i i threw i i kind of made which is maybe a mistake i took the dinosaur i did a lot of foreshadowing on this dinosaur and then i made it a side quest which both made it attractive i'm like giving them a pull it's like hey here's this thing and here's reasons to go there right and I thought I gave it a pretty solid reason to go there. An adorable kobold named Nurgle <laughs> who wanted to go, like, steal some shit from this thing's lair and point it out where it was and let's go there and hijack it. And I had a holy thing where, like, kobolds would come up with ladders in the middle of the fight. And, like, while the, while the PCs are fighting, they, like, sneak down and try to, like, rob shit. Mm -hmm. And I was, I was also going to have the kobold, like, come out and do this whole, like, you know, you guys give me your passive perceptions. And as you stand looking through the mist... You know, Turok looks to the right and sees, you know, his his uh, party member, uh, Sorsha, who sees Puff who, and on down the line. And at the last one, it would be like, Kaz, you look to the right and see a kobold. It's Nurgle. He has a suit of armor. He looks at you, gives you the thumbs up, puts the visor down on his way too large night helmet he has stolen that's, that's like all rusted and charges ahead. It was going to be awesome. But... Mm -hmm. Because I made it a side quest, they mm. could decline to go. Wow. And they they were not pulled by the allure of an adorable kobold, an awesome, mysterious, deeply foreshadowed dinosaur. 
in treasure. I mean, that's who I'm. That's what. That's who I got. Well, now you got to remember what what might lure you as a player when you're the GM. It might not lure your players. So just because you would have been lured by an adorable kobold to your death doesn't mean your players would. I would have been lured by any of those three things. I gave them all three. <laughs> I gave them adorable kobold, cool ass monster, and treasure. And yeah. they it was fucking strike one, two, and three. <laughs> they didn't give a shit. They're like, Soulmonger. We're here for the Soulmonger. Do you have any Soulmongers, dear Cobalt? <laughs> now, fuck. Uh, <laughs> the Soulmonger being the big MacGuffin of the game, yeah. which is hidden in the Tomb of the Nine Gods. So, okay. uh, what I had done was, uh, previously in the game, there's a point in the published module where in the heart of the Lost City, where the nine sub-MacGuffins are. So, there's like a Lost City you have to find. There's nine like puzzle cubes. These are like Rubik's cube looking things. You need them to open up the big final fight. The interloper is a is Ross Nisi, the leader of the Wan Ti, who lives in a subterranean little uh, city uh, in the old part of town. Well, they went there first, and it kind of fucked up the order of how the game was supposed to go. And I just kind of rolled with it. I'm gonna deal with that guy later on. I had his uh, Traitorious lieutenant. Push him out. Now, this is alluded to in the actual module. I'm trying to, like, for anyone who tries to run this, I'm trying to separate, like, my bullshit from the campaign's bullshit, right? So, it's alluded to that she wishes to betray him, that she's not loyal, and that she knows he is weak, and that he is affected by the death curse, which is sort of the main plot of the game. People who have been resurrected are wasting away. Roz Nisi was. So, I just wrote that it happened, that she forced him out. There was a coup. Okay, and so I had this guy come to the players, and I had like an emissary of his, this Juan T, uh, what is it, Malison, come out and say, hey, come meet with the guy over at this camp. I did this to gear them up. Uh, I've been pretty stingy with a lot of the rewards. They don't have a lot of magic items. Uh, and so I wanted to find a way to give them some, and I wanted to find a way to give them some time to level up. The book says or recommends they be level nine. And they're at like, you know, level eight, and I'm trying to to pump them up a little bit. So they had fought some wind elementals or air elementals as part of one of the nine gods, like Indiana Jones kind of trap room deals. And they are resistant to non-magical damage. I'm like, this is it. So they attack, they have the fight. And they, they're not very effective because most of their melee weapons, or all their melee weapons, are doing half damage. Aha! So I'm illustrating that there's a problem with their shit. They're undergeared. Okay? So the emissary for, for Rosnese comes up, has them meet. He brings them in. Long story short is they have uh, been the subject of a coup. Rosnese's been forced out. But he understands that they exist, and they're trying to kill, get rid of the Soulmonger. He needs the Soulmonger to be taken care of. He also needs his uh, land back, his uh, empire back, and they need weapons. So it's kind of uh, each side needs two things. He wants to get rid of the Soulmonger. They want to get rid of a Soulmonger. They need access to higher-level weapons. He has access to higher-level weapons. So he gives them a job. And this is what I made up. Take out the leader who pushed him out, Finthaza, and I made up like four other people like his lieutenants you know like uh, his second in command who became her lover i think that's mm -hmm. actually in the book uh someone i, I kind of like picked 
I guess like heads of, of state or like the way you would pick like the secretaries of, of an administration. So like she was the leader, then there was like the religious leader, and then I had like the spy master who portrayed him, and I had his concubine. So it was like his friend and ally and main enforcer, his 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 own main lieutenant Fentaza, his head cleric, his head spy master, and his own concubine. I had all of them as sort of like this this five, this group of five. Mm-hmm. And I made four of them have things that could be that could be brought back to his base camp in exile, and he would have weapon master and armor master slaves that he had create like take the reagents that they would go get and either buff or create weapons and armor for them. So that was like the big plan, and they went and did that. So they go in and they're well first first they they're talking to Rosnisi and our rogue. Wants him to cut off his finger. This surprised me. <laughs> it surprised okay. Rosnisi as well. And he was like, you want us to go in there. We have a plan where we go in by subterfuge and we claim we killed you. That'll get us in the front door. But we got to have something. And we can't take your head because obviously that would sort of reduce your desire to pay us out. So give us a finger. And he crushes the persuasion roll. Boom! There's he chops off a finger and says, "If you can fix this, I'll have it put back on with by my priest." You know, his big problem is he's wasting away day by day. They get the finger, they go to the front gate. We're gonna crush that deception roll. Aren't rogues great? Great for burying in the problems. Okay, they're going in. They get a main audience with Finthaza and the right hand man, uh, who's a uh, like a champion. It's like an NPC type. You can it's it's a real thing, you know. Mm-hmm. So she's a badass magical caster. He is a complete fucking tank. Just an absolute truck. Uh, great, great fight with both of them together. And I'm thinking, this is tight. This is going to be... Woof. And they have the big knockdown drag-out fight. Um, I'm sorry. Let me preamble that. They lie their way to her. They say that half of the party are slaves that they captured, and they have Rossi's finger, and they're on her side. Okay, they take the druid, and she turns into a donkey. They load up all their shit onto her. They take the NPCs that she doesn't know about and say they're captured slaves, and they walk in. That bluff gets them to her, and they try to bluff her, but she beats the deception roll by one. She looks at the players and says, "Ah, sounds you know, sounds good. Take these to the slave pens. The other half of you stay here." And we will hold court. So I have the players roll an insight check to see if they notice that she's seen through their bullshit and is merely trying to separate them. They then crush that. So now we have a situation where everyone knows everyone else is full of shit. And it's boom. Roll initiative. The knives are out. Boom. Big fight happens. It's a knockdown drag out. Lots of shit happens. And they come back victorious. Take the body into a spare room that was like a secret door that they knew about from Rosnisi, full of loot, and have their rest. Now, the big plan is they resurrect. One of my players has an item that can make a zombie or a skeleton out of, an un- out of a body, depending on how recently slain it was. I just like made some shit up from an earlier deal, and they resurrect her as a zombie. There are arcane portals throughout this entire layer that they know how to use because Rosnisi told them. They Make the rogue go invisible, run him and zombified Fentaza through the various portals, 
and sort of like demand like he throws her voice and she's kind of there and they demand the other targets of the assassination kind of like come to them or or they bluff their way through the guards they knock out all five boom 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 and really it's not even worth there's not really any fights to the extent there are fights they they not only had a great plan the well the plan was pretty good if they ever fucked up a persuasion role they were going to have a bad day because they were kind of overextended right they're in the heart of this wanty empire it's been riven by conflict their guard levels are down they could probably fight their way out but it's going to be nasty but they don't every deception role is a fucking ace and when they set their ambushes, they're halfway decent plans. And when the ambushes sprung, out of about four ambushes, I think I was either last or dead last out of six PCs every single time. So I wasn't trying to play it too easy. I was very much going to have my PCs, or my NPCs, call for help, bolt for it, try to do something to bring this world down upon the PCs, and they just never, they just didn't have the reaction time. They were caught flat-footed. Every damn time. There you go. You know, when you caught flat-footed and you're you're lulled into the false sense of security, and then six people come out with knives and spells and ready to rock and a higher initiative count. That's it's kind of the end of the. That's kind of the end. You just don't get to win the game that day. So fair play to my players. All right. So so we're catching up. They come back to Rosneezy. They turn in the stuff. They get six new weapons. Everybody gets something. I want everybody to get a new thing. Mm-hmm. Now, Mama was not at that session. I had a friend play her character. And of all the... We, 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 we were dishing out the bonuses and all the stuff. And she was determined that she would get, like, plus one to her armor. They were going to, like, enchant or otherwise upgrade with their masterwork abilities her armor, right? Well, she didn't actually have armor, as I found out. She's just a dragonborn sorcerer. And they get, like, an, un, an unarmored bonus. So I'm like, uh, fucking armor padding plus one. Call today. That's... <laughs> That makes some shit. I don't know if that's OP or not. If I fucked up a, a thing that, that she she has a plus one to AC, just kind of like without having to wear anything. I don't know. We'll see how that goes. But yeah. So we got to that point. Now, my rogue player, the player, he you know we worked together. He was talking to me and he was like, you know, and he he keeps like he's made jokes about trying to sneak in items on his inventory sheet because he made a mistake early on. He thought that be, because he could access something on D and D Beyond. It meant it was available to him, so he just gave himself plus three masterwork leather armor. <laughs> uh, now he's like, but it was there; it was available. <laughs> like the whole the whole store is available. You have to like have a reason. It's, it's, it's like an honor system, okay? You don't have to like unlock <laughs> it because I gave it to you. He's a rogue. Yeah, he's a rogue. He's trying to make it work. Yeah. <laughs> so he had mentioned how he wants to have the layaway plan. He doesn't have to buy shit or earn it. He just wants to like get it and pay for it later. And I thought. That was a cool idea. And I combined that thought with one of my favorite characters from League of Legends, Tom Kinch, uh, who is a giant catfish demon. He's like a demon of the river, and he offers people deals. Kind of a, you know, sell some of your soul for the, for this boon that, you, that, I, that he may grant. And he's very, very southern fried. He's a very portly catfish man. With like the uh, an overstretched three piece suit and a top hat and like a little gold bracer on one of his uh, like catfish little tendrils, and so I love this guy. I love him. I love his just just look up uh, it's T A H M, Tom Kinch, 
And yeah, look, 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 just look him up. Listen to some of his voice clips. I wanted this guy to exist. So as the PCs wrap up getting their new gear, you know, they, they did this big dungeon crawl, which also served as a sort of training. I'm trying to train them to do dungeons, to be able to grind, to be able to not just blow all their resources in fight one and say, well, that was good. Time for that long rest, right? Because that, that had been a lot of what we've been doing. So they got trained. They got re-equipped. They have all the puzzle cubes. It's time to head to the Tomb of the Nine Gods. Crack that baby open. But before they got there, as they're walking along the riverbank that floods the eastern half of the city, a light starts to shine in the shallow running waters, and it grows, and they hear a noise. They all hide, and out from the water, a gigantic riverboat Three stories high, improbably arises from the water. It's cascading off. You can hear it pouring and dripping down into the waters below. And boom, giant three foot or three story tall riverboat. And then off the side, the hull opens up. Clink, 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 thong. And it's like a ramp on the bank below. And a little like umbrella foofs up. And a fishman comes out and yells out to the PCs, essentially saying, I know you're here. My boss wishes to parley. And it's a giant. Riverboat or gambling riverboat. The riverboat casino. That was hmm. great. Yeah. <laughs> and he invites the man, plies them with a little whiskey, and says he knows uh you know, adventurers are kind of his game. He wants to help him out. I just a little bit of a charge. You see, he has lots of resources but always wants more. He brings him down to his hole. He has a whole collection of wondrous items and consumable potions and scrolls. And he says, I know what you're trying to do. You seem to be capable, per my spies. Here is my hold. Here are, is my equipment. And you may bring it with you. But there's a cost. Uh, the PCs have become recently rich from looting the, the Wanti uh, like temple, or Fane as it's called. He said, why don't you just leave your gold here for safekeeping? If you die, hey, that pays for everything and we're clear. And if you don't die, if you win, I want a cut of the treasure based on how much stuff of mine you bring with you. That way I'm protected if you go down, and I make a lot if you come out alive hauling tons of treasure. And I bet there's treasure in there alongside that soulmonger thing you boys, are trying, you boys and girls are trying to find. And so they do. We have a little negotiation. We, we, we square some stuff out. Our poor rogue has his first failed uh, persuasion roll ever and does not get a better deal. So they now owe my nice little happy catfish demon 22% mm. of whatever they haul out. Mm -hmm. But they got some potions of invulnerability. They got some scrolls. I think one was of a um, uh, the, the, the hut. The hut spell lets you have like the eight-hour rest in anywhere. Not a bad choice. They got some healing potions that were quite powerful. I think they got some other stuff. Oh, yeah, they got like goggles of night uh, for our non-dark vision-having uh, mm -hmm. ranger. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. And a uh, wand of magic missile for the rogue. Forgot about that. So he's good to go there. He's got a little extra oomph. Uh, so, yeah, so we got that done. Uh, Robin, my wife, made me a bunch of item cards. She just finished them up today. I want to have to share some pictures of them. They're fucking awesome. So I've got item cards to give out to them for the shit that they bought and for shit that they may find. And so now that's, that's where we are. We are we are now going to be approaching the obelisk on the outside of the temple. 
or the, of the tomb of the nine gods. So we're there. That's where we're going to pick up. That's where I have all of my prep is done. I've got tokens and maps and keys that you've seen before. Uh, I link them in the uh, watching live, mm-hmm. I believe. And that you know, there's tons of prep there. And uh, was that the episode that was corrupted where I went over all the prep? Oh Christ! Yeah. So if you look at if you look at the <laughs> the watching live thing, you'll see uh, an imager link. We'll include links to all of this so everyone has. Yes. It. Yeah. Yes, please include the link. So yeah. I did a giant tomb of annihilation prep. Uh, you'll see pictures of the two layouts I have for the puzzle cubes to be slotted into. It's like poster board that's been spray painted. There's a false wall that has only eight of the nine slots. But it's obvious. Uh, and if you put eight cubes in there based in a way that makes some logical sense with the context of the game, uh, a door slams behind you and it feels full of acidic poison. It's bad. That's it. It's just a fuck you. There is no like, and then you get to go. Mm-hmm. It's just, uh, here's some poison. It's also acidic. <laughs> so, uh, and then the second one is all nine and you put them in the right way. Boom. It opens up. Uh, there's tokens. So I made a shit ton of tokens. That, that is my, like, Thing I put a lot of effort into. Okay, people put no, lots of effort great. in all kind of yeah. things. I thank you. I use a token generator website so I can make the tokens. I put them all on eight and a half by eleven inch image files that I then print off. I have a circular punch that I use to like pop out the one inch tokens. I have one inch uh, wooden slug uh, back type of deals. Uh, I use a cheap glue and then like a glass cabochon. That's a little half semicircle dome. Glue them together as a sandwich. Boom, you have a token. Makes them the little glass makes them like zoom and pop. Uh, they're often used in bottle cap jewelry. You'll put like an image in a bottle cap and then shove that thing in there. If you do this, use a cheap glue, like a cheap craft glue. Elmer's isn't even bad if you, especially if you find clear Elmer's glue, because you're going to kind of get it on your hands and you can kind of like move the cabochon and wood around, like you can line it up in your fingers. So if you use something like a super glue, it's going to set too quickly, actually. And you're probably, you know, any mistake you make is unfixable. I've used Elmer's clear glue. I've used like cheap craft glue from the dollar store. It's been great. So that's, that's been like a huge help. I make tokens. Just make sure you number them. So you know that it's zombie number three taking 14 points of damage. Makes things a little easier. Uh, Let's see. I had all of my tokens in these little, like, I guess, tackle boxes or divider boxes. And then I made a, a key much like the key of a box of chocolates. So I, and I have them in the order of the rooms, okay? Mm-hmm. So that way, I have my boxes out, and whatever room they're in, I know more or less what box they're going to be in, and I have keys for both to instantly know what section of that box. Like They're all sectioned out. Like This is like you know, you know, the first one or two rooms, third or fourth rooms. Not all rooms have combat, obviously. Uh, then I took... I have, I have uh, D&D monster cards, the official ones or whatever you get from Wizards. And I have them in order in sleeves. I've actually changed that. I've put them in a recipe box. And so they're all in a recipe box in their order, short and in full-size cards. There's like cards that are like five inches tall, and most are like three inches tall. And I have them in like a little um, recipe box in the order of all the rooms. And then a little like... Um, was an index card with their order and what room they're in. So I can quick. The point of this is whenever they go into a room, because the tomb is sprawling 
and because it's not linear, it has lots of branches north, south, east, and west, and up and down. I have to be able to pull up the baddies in any room at any time. And so this system allows me to quickly find the appropriate monster card. So I have the stats for that baddie and the appropriate monster token for my little boxes. I can quickly deploy the tokens, pull up the monster cards, and get back into the game. Uh, I think that was the major stuff I did. I also had like my writing utensils, my pretentious bullshit writing utensils. I use a two millimeter lead holder. They're not called mechanical pencils for some reason. It just like paws the lead. And my uh, polyurethane eraser, uh, <laughs> the, the, the retractable one and the full-size blottery one. I've got my little journal I use that I, that I keep up with all my stuff in, how I think of my ideas. I, I believe that was in the picture. I've also started taking individual encounters, not so much for the tomb itself, but just in general, if I have like the, uh, the, the big dinosaur encounter, I'll put them in a birthday card envelope. That's about the size for like monster cards or whatever index cards. You know, it's, it's kind of like it's the right dimensions, I guess I would say, a birthday card envelope. So I've got it, and, I've, and I'll slap a sticky note on it that says what it is. So I can have four or five of those in the bottom of a tackle box, and then pull them out, and they're also different colors, and they have their little sticky note on it, and I can quickly deploy the contents of that envelope into my battle space. So organization, y'all. It's good stuff. And then I had Robin make me item cards. So get you a Robin mm-hmm. and get you some item cards. I don't know what to tell you. Yeah, get you a Robin. <laughs> there you yeah. go, guys. Let's get yourself a Robin. Yeah, and they're all they're all, they're all the size of like the the large size monster cards. They fit into mm-hmm. those sleeves that I bought, and I can just dish them out and be like, "Here's your card." And uh, yeah, pretty heavy. <laughs> I'm hoarse now. I've been, I've been going at it. <laughs> so the. Uh... You're not going to make them do the dinosaur. You expect the frog demon to be an ongoing NPC uh, catfish. in your game. You, you repeatedly call him a frog. He's a catfish. He's a catfish. To he's a frog in my head. Anyway, the catfish <laughs> guy, he's going to be a recurring NPC as you run this table, right? Probably. I think after this, one of my players wants to run uh, like a brand new deal. Mm-hmm. You know, like, like something of some level of length. But yes, if we come back to these characters, or even if we don't, I, I, I'd be more likely if we don't, I want to bring this guy back. He's very southern, very Colonel Sanders, <laughs> and that, that shit-eating grin and the mouth full of catfish teeth. And he's a catfish-dealing demon. I mean, like, you know, it's it's great. What's, what's not to love? Okay. And um, so how many more sessions do you think? You, you, do you still think you're on track? finish this module with them in I mean, April or May? Um, no. Oh, hell no. There's no trap. No. But you told me you would you would most likely be done come April or May. I don't, what did I say? What drugs was I on? I don't um, know. Maybe you were microdosing. Yeah, probably. <laughs> probably some macro. Maybe some visual basic dosing. Grateful get that one. You're welcome. <laughs> any, any fans of Excel? So, uh, well, I actually just ran a test session of my prep. Now, it was digital. It was roll 20. I had to do a bunch of extra shit and make mistakes. But I ran my basic prep, and it worked pretty well. We had a good time. And 
I, mean, I don't want to give too much away. Like Anything I've said actually doesn't spoil for anyone who is into that game, right? It's based on how far they got. I do not think this is a one session. Like They haven't even gone in the tomb. Like When we come back, and we're not even going to have an April session. We couldn't get everybody together. We don't normally skip yeah. whole months, but we couldn't do it. So like first weekend of May, we're playing. And my rough guess is it is going to be like six. I, I would I would handicap it at six. I I don't think less than five. I think less than five would be pretty impressive. Maybe I'm wrong, mm-hmm. but it's it's going to be a good five six sessions of this dungeon because it's just so goddamn big. Uh yeah, <laughs> so there okay. you go. Now you alluded to something that I found out about just yesterday, and I was very upset with you. Very, very you were very nonplussed. I was um I was not invited to this. Uh, you you did all this prep. You have the prep for this module done, and you are now running it for people, for some people on the server. Yes. And who are these people that get to play in your game? This is we we offered it first to Patreons, mm. and, I, and I threw a shout out to to Grafa, and I, to to my I guess maybe to my surprise, and maybe I shouldn't have been. Everyone's already in games. Everyone, I'm I'm, I'm thinking like I'm king shit of Turd Mountain here, man. I'm like I got a game for you fuckers. Let's go! And everyone and like a lot of people were like I, I'm actually in like eighteen thousand different games, and I just can't make it. I'm like God damn, fucking what am I fucking up? Should I be in more games? And <laughs> But now we had we got great. Oh, I invited Grafa. He couldn't make it. He was moving. Uh, we got in Leal, his son Vecna. We got in Zarkara, and we got Psychotron. Pretty good, solid group, to be quite honest with you. Really liked having. I, I really thought we'd have a good time, and we did. So that's pretty cool. Kicked a bunch of ass. Did pretty well. Uh, they face rolled some stuff. Not gonna lie. I think there were several times they were aware that what they were doing was not like maybe the most strategic thing ever. But because we're playtesting, I've told them you basically have free reses. Like I'm not, you know, we're playtesting, we're having a good time. I'm just going to fucking resurrect you. I'm not going to make you constantly roll new characters, if, especially if I'm fucking it up. You know, I'm trying to modulate this thing, you know? And they went into it with some very powerful characters. They played it pretty decently well. To be honest, it's, it's a mean dungeon. Now, the question you asked me is who is who is in this? It's not just them. Uh, I believe Zara can't make it next week. Easter Sunday is going to conflict. It's open to kind of whoever wants to come and be there on. The, it looks like Sunday is a good day. Um, it's it's Sunday midday and it's open to anybody that supports via Patreon. Yeah, and I didn't invite you because, because I did not I, want it to be. I, I give via Patreon. You do give I'm via Patreon. Patreon. You are a patron. I am getting an invite. I think patroness. Wait, wait, wait. I want everybody to understand this is what I heard yesterday. Oh, we had this great table yesterday with (laughs) all these people. I like all those great people. We played Tube of Annihilation. Oh, wow, I've never done that. Everybody got to make level nine characters. They're all really super powerful. And it's auto res when anybody dies. I'm like, wow, holy shit, that sounds so fun. Who's it? I mean, how do you get in this game? Be a patron of the show. I am a patron of the show. Yeah, but it's not for employees of the show. Yeah, employees, employees are not eligible. Of the show. Employees are not eligible, goddammit, unless you're running it. Then it's fine. Do you believe this? <laughs> I want to 
everybody to really hear what if happened I had, it, So, So what happens if I invite you and it's like Bamps and Oz so? and Tom. So? So fuck them. Like, yeah, yeah, they I like that. It. If they want to join, they can join, but I doubt they'll have the time. I feel like your I feel like your integrity ends around the borders of Indianapolis. As I uh, no, 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 it does not. Uh, no, I fit the category of being invited to this game, and simply because I'm an employee of the podcast, somehow I got that designation. I'm I'm now can't be a part of the game. I'm like, wow, that just hurt. All right, everybody, go have fun playing your super cool, yeah. fun, anyway, awesome game. So because someone Jerks. raised a Title 14 complaint, the <laughs> girls are now eligible <laughs> to join the game. Though we no, will not mention. I just want everybody that's part of uh, what extra Patreon planet they're play. named after. Wow. <laughs> hey. You know, but we, we uh, and I have to do a shout out to Mr. Pink. He's a great mm-hmm. guy. He's a patron, and he slipped my fucking mind till last minute. And I was like, "Holy shit!" Wow. I didn't bring an invite to Mr. Pink. That was a fuck up. I gave him a quick invite, but I didn't give him any lead time. So, mm-hmm. Mr. Pink, if you're out there, thank you so much for what you do. You're awesome. You're invited next time. It's gonna be Sunday midday. We want any people to show sun, up any Sunday. Uh, yeah, and, and there's more sessions to go. We may record it. I want to fill out the. I don't want to record it if they're not into it. If they're into well, it, I talked I'll to everybody out. that played yesterday in your game, and they all were fine <laughs> with recording it, as I figured they would be. That worked out for me. Uh-huh. Fuck, she did legwork. God damn it, I forgot. She's smart <laughs> and, and proactive. <laughs> my, t- my key weaknesses. Ah. <laughs> Why can't you just be in the kitchen making a sandwich? Yeah, god damn <laughs> 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 but uh in fact You're i hope worst. to see you there i have never gm'd you in a game i yes, have you never have? oh my god you yes oh you i did that well, yeah game. yeah just, it was hi fu- it you. was fine you know me yeah have we met i tried to block that game out because i was so Holy impressed with my gm i was so unimpressed with my gming in that game mm-hmm. i was i just wasn't happy with it I've GM'd Oz and Bamps, I believe. I think they may have been in the same run. I, I've GM'd Shadowrun with them. And it was mm-hmm. like, you get to GM two games to be a GM on the Runner Hub. And mm-hmm. I did that, and I was like, God, I just kind of suck. It's why, it's why I love 5th Edition. I feel great about 5th Like When I GM it, it feels good. Mm-hmm. When I GM'd Shadowrun, it did not feel good. When I GM'd Capers, the first one was okay. And after that, I felt like I just didn't have what I wanted to have. From it was from me. Like that's how I mm-hmm. felt. So anyway, I don't want to get off of that. Oh, no, you, know, you got to find your groove, right? I mean, you gotta. It's got to be something you can you enjoy running. And you know, if this is what you enjoy running the best, then that's good. It's, it's weird that it's not the thing that I love to play the most, but it's the thing I love to run the most. Mm-hmm. I think because D and D is so goddamn loosey goosey. It's so. I'm not sure what it is. But there's something about fifth edition D and D that is like goofy. I, I I don't know what it is. I don't know what the fuck it is. But Every it's just game goofy. you play in is goofy. Yeah, but like I don't know. Capers felt like maybe maybe Capers is too gritty of an environment. Hmm. I don't know. We'll 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 we'll, we'll chase that rabbit hole later. But yeah. you are formally invited. Please be there okay. Sunday. We're doing I the can't. thing. It's Easter. What does that even mean? Okay. <laughs> 
<laughs> my mom's just going to cook dinner. We're just doing a family dinner and that's it. Oh, I do have to do an Easter egg hunt with my siblings. Are these very young siblings? I do not know. My are they... siblings are uh, both 29. Okay. But I told them that we would do an Easter egg. So I'm going to get some plastic eggs. I'm going to go get $50 in cash. And I'm going to put money in the eggs and hide them. Uh, there you go. I, I don't like Easter egg hunts. I have a traumatic memory of resolving oh, around them. You're bad at it. Yeah. Well, I was also very <laughs> chubby. And so uh -huh. what happened was, is that I was slow. And so mm -hmm. people would see me make eye contact with or spot an egg. And they would use me like as a fucking bloodhound. And they would just dart and get the fucking egg. Aww. And that was like an hour and a half of my adolescence. And so at the end of the day, Charlie Scherer's mom, who got 24 fucking eggs? And like, it's like, no, like who got this many eggs and this many? And like, it went up with less and less hands mm -hmm. until the person who won got the big chocolate Easter bunny. And then she went down. And it was like, put your hand up if you got 10 eggs. If you got nine and at like seven, everybody had theirs up but mine. And she looked at me and she did this facial thing that's like, did you forget to put your hand up? No, motherfucker, I didn't. I got two fucking eggs. I got a chocolate bunny of failure. Anyway, it's fine. It's just cool. Hope everybody has a good fucking weekend. <laughs> <laughs> I will find out when, when <laughs> it's happening and see if I can make the game. There you go. I hope you can make it. If you can't, hey, hey for anyone listening, if you can't make it this weekend, I'm running it very West March's style, which is apparently a, a cool way of saying you can just shut the fuck up or not. It's going to be drop in. You're there to do the thing. We're not like hardcore RP in this thing. Uh, although Leo and his son have very much, have, have a great dynamic of fucking with each other. That's quite wonderful. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and irritating yeah. Zakara. Uh, pretty pretty much. Like, These guys are doing all this stuff. And I'm like, you can't control that. Poor, poor Zarkara. Zarkara repeatedly tried, and mm -hmm. and so Psycho mm -hmm. is like playing. He, he, I think he likes to play that second, you know, or play the bass guitar, second fiddle. He was like backing people up, handling business. He rolled a ninth level fighter, very solid. And so he's kind of like playing around with. He's he's kind of like playing fill, if that's a, a a phrase people are familiar with. Like he's trying to fill in and provide what needs to be provided. Solid shit. Uh, and Zar is like, what would a smart person do? Unfortunately, this dungeon is basically made of like, fuck you crystals, because the guy is just a dick. And so everything Zar did did not work out because he was trying to be smart. <laughs> he is smart. And so the dungeon is basically designed to fuck over people who are trying to be smart. You know, in the same way you shouldn't split the party or whatever, or you should maybe have like, it's hard to explain without giving spoilers, but yeah, he, he he was doing smart things like detecting traps and detecting doors, and then it would be like the trap on the trap type of deal is, is the best way to describe it. Does that make sense? You lost me when you said you shouldn't split the party. <laughs> <laughs> like, okay. He detected, he detected traps, found none, opened a door, and the door has flint on the underside that sparks and explodes a gas pocket at the bottom of the stairs. Like, that's mean, right? <laughs> All of uh, Gygax wrote Tomb of Annihilation. And, you know, Gygax was full of the, the Gygax gotchas. Things you couldn't do anything about. Things you couldn't, that you had no chance of knowing were there. And they would just get you. And that's it. I mean, that that's 
This isn't That's the worst thing. one he did. He did. No. It was clear he was pissed off about people who had made characters <laughs> that could just tank his bullshit, right? And I think he saw people who had characters who were stupid and they were engaging in play that was stupid. Maybe they were stupid. I actually think this is my personal feeling. I think he saw smart or reasonably intelligent people playing dumb fucking characters who just put their face in the middle of explosions and just walked away because they built them properly. And I think he said to himself, like, this is mocking the thing. And so I'm going to show you. So he made all this shit that was didn't care what your stats were. They were just things like, oh, you made the wrong decision? Your character's dead. Wait, how, how, many, how much damage did my hit points take? Fucking a billion. How about that? Uh, you know? <laughs> Tomb of Annihilation feels like it came from that era. I've heard there are worse, where he went full... He went from that to just fuck you. Like, I don't care that you're being smart. I'm actually going to use your intelligence against you and, and your knowledge against you half the time. So yeah, he, he had a weird evolution of like, I'm going to make a real dungeon to just, I'm, I'm going to murder you, you know? <laughs> Which I find to be less interesting. I think they are given a bit too much cr credit in terms of being interesting because killing people as a GM is easy. Ha, you're dead. Meteor. And that's what some of his later dungeons were. Anyway, rant, rant. No, I think there are probably a bunch of people that don't find it to be like a dick move on his part. I think it's a challenge to them. Like, all right, I know this guy did this. I'm gonna find a way to get through it. I'm gonna live. I'm gonna. I'm gonna make it. I think for any players out there, or even GMs who are trying to find the emotional vibe of Tomb of Annihilation. I don't want to lecture, but I'll, I'll make one quick point. One, it is a steep step up in difficulty. The game is actually not very difficult, frankly, and not very lethal right up until the final chapter. It's not lethal, it's not difficult, and it doesn't even tax resources particularly hard. So that's kind of mean, right? Secondly, you can't, as a player, and you may want to tell your players this, go into it and feel that taking damage or being hit by traps is a personal failure. It's not like an F mark on a test because the place is going to beat you up. It just is. And it's not fair. So you can't go into it with, I'm going to outsmart the dungeon. You're not. Not because you're dumb. Not because you're not able. It's because it's just kind of shitty. Like whatever whatever rules you process are going to work half the time, which means half the time they won't. So you just kind of have to go into it and realize it is going to take some hits on you. It's going to beat you up. It's going to put you through the ringer, and there's you're going to have to deal with your GM on how cranked it's going to be, right? Uh, there's only a few things in there that are real shitty. Mostly, it just roughs you up, in my opinion. And if you get roughed up too much, too fast, too often, yeah, it'll just fucking kill you. And there's a few things in there that will just fucking kill you, but not that many. There you go. I hope that's helpful to people thinking about running the game. No, no, it should be. So when I show up Sunday, I just need a level 9 character or anything I want. Yeah, for those who show up, you need uh, a level 9 character. I don't care what it is. And you need two rare items of your choice. I know what some of you are thinking. I'm a power-leveling fucking uh, munchkin from hell. Uh, you, you know what? Go all the way, buddy. 
you you crank the levers as hard as you can crank them, and you get the two most broken rare items you can get. You are welcome to it. Uh, I've also provided a trove of potions, like utility-based potions, a lot of healing pots. I'm going to be pretty generous with it. Again, we're kind of playtesting it. And yeah, if you die, we're basically just going to have Asrak laugh at you, and you get resurrected on the spot. Uh, but that's it. Level 9. Two, hmm. uh, two rare items. I'm trying to have something with dark vision. Uh, it wouldn't hurt because our party is. We, we actually have a, <laughs> the party blind. last week. No, it wasn't. I, I, one was a warlock who had like devil vision, which is not dark vision, but perfect vision to 120 feet. So everyone else is just walking around fucked or with like torches or fiery swords. <laughs> and this fucker is like peering through magical darkness. So he has been the <laughs> linchpin of the party's intelligence. Oh, no. By far. um but yeah so uh, the only thing i would would say is have some magic weapons if you're a melee user there are things in there that are resistant or immune to non-magical attacks from weapons and try to leave an attunement slot open you may find items in the dungeon which require an attunement slot and do with that information what you will boom that's it rare items try to have some magical melee weapons if you're a melee user have an attunement slot open possibly uh and there you go i'm gonna be a half orc shape-shifting druid. What What is up with the fucking changeling? Why is everyone a changeling and shapeshifter? Are they just broken as fuck? That is what everyone no, has, is like changeling being, shapeshifter. I don't want to be a changeling. I just want to be a druid that can turn into other fun animals. Great. I think that's great. Uh, and, and the whole... I want to be an alpaca in a dungeon. <sighs> fuck, that's a decision you can make. Uh... <laughs> I can imagine why that wouldn't work out. <laughs> It'll be fine. I'll be fine. Packers are known to be great dungeon crawlers. The only solution to this puzzle involves a medium <laughs> coarseness but still supple fur. Stand aside, comrade. <laughs> Stand aside. <laughs> I'm here to save the day. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, I have to say something, y'all. Uh, I'd probably limit it around five or six. Otherwise, it gets a little bit too busy. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, all right. Well, uh, <sighs> that's fun. I can't wait to hear what happens with your table next. You guys don't meet again until May. Mm-hmm. And uh, But we're going to see how this other uh, Tomb of Annihilation works out. We're going to record it and just release it, I think, on Patreon. Or maybe to maybe public, just so everybody can see. And uh, maybe if they want to get involved, they can uh, get on Patreon and, and be involved. Yeah, if you do come, you, there are the only the only other requirement I have is you give me good GM notes. By good, I don't mean like praising. I mean like actually give me feedback. No, he means praising. He right. means praising. Love everyone. me. He means it. Pet me on the head. Tell me I'm this smart. Is, this is a trap, pretty. everyone. Yeah. Don't ever ever tell him the truth. Just tell him. That you thought he was wonderful. Your organization was lacking. <laughs> and gas pocket. <laughs> exactly. Ever, ever, ever. <laughs> you know how those gas pockets can be. Yeah, Quite yep. wily. They just pop up everywhere. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, no. No, it's good. You should always. Uh, I think when I started gaming with the, you know, BAMPs and the guys, it was something that was done at the end of every session. What did you like? What did you not like? Highlight of the game? Any feedback for the GM? And you you had to kind of say, you know, 
And so it, it was good because it was all just done with a, not with a criticizing tone, but with a constructiveness of like, hey, well, you know, when, when you handled this, I, I got confused here. Or it would have been better if you had explained it this way, or, you know, and it was always open and everybody was accepting of what was said. Cool. So, yeah, no, it's nice that you try to get that feedback from them. So I look forward to seeing some people who want to do the thing. Uh-huh. And if anyone's thinking about running this module, okay, this Tomb of Annihilation module, I think it's an excellent module. I also think it needs a lot of work. Uh, I've heard great things. It's been well-reviewed. There are people who run it online. There's lots of guides online. I think a lot of them are helpful. But please, if you're thinking about it and you want some information from me, I'm happy to provide that. There's some notes that I have that can make your life, I feel, a lot easier in how you run that game. So. There you go. There you go. All right. Well, I think that's uh, the end of our uh, check-in with Cotton's Table. And Indeed. If you have any questions about it or uh, want to know, you know, specifically, uh, we will put links into his all the prep work that he did. But if you have any specific questions, just reach out to Cotton and he will answer those for you. Happily. So, Happily. everybody, have a great night. Yep, thank you.